Hello everyone, welcome to Take the Black Live, the one and only show on the internet that dares to go where other shows do not tread and talk about things like science fiction, fantasy, dragons, laser guns, superheroes, such things as this. I am uh, co-host Dan Selke of WinterIsComing.net, and I am here with another co-host who will name herself. I mean, Hi. maybe if she wants to now. You know, I'd like to be mysterious, but today I'll let you know I'm <laughs> Mia Johnson, editor over at Dork Side of the Force. Very lovely. And uh, thanks, everybody who's watching. As usual, we have a full docket. Um, I'm feeling very calm today. I think we usually I start this show like right at the last second. Just like (laughs) here it goes and it's up. I actually was like here 10 minutes before. I was drinking my water. I was at my desk and I feel very collected. And I feel very confident in saying to you, Mia Johnson and all you Take the Black Live watchers out there, we are going to talk about... House of the Dragon, the HBO Game of Thrones follow-up prequel series, which had a bit of new information this week. You know, this show has been in the works for a while, pretty much ever since uh, the first prequel went down the tubes. And on that, I still remember it. The same day they announced that was over, they announced this was happening. Very smart, very savvy, very on top of it they were. And basically, HBO programming president, possibly just normal president, Casey Bloys talked to... Um, someone after the Emmys and said it's still on track that casting is happening, which we had heard for a while. We heard they were casting Ooh, yeah. Alison Hightower, heard they're casting Rhaenyra Targaryen, heard they're casting Daemon Targaryen. He said that is that that is happening. The casting is going forward. So if any of you out there are actors and want to be on the Game of Thrones people show, talk to your agents. It's very important right now. <laughs> and he said it's on track to land in 2022. Now, my question for you, Mia, and for all you gentle listeners and um, watchers, whether you are listening to this on a podcast through, you know, available on iTunes, Google Play, or on the YouTube channel to subscribe to, or on the Facebook live stream, is 2022 too late, too early, about right for us to watch the Game of Thrones prequel show House of the Dragon? Mia, what do you think? Wow. You know... My rational mind says just right. I think if it were to be like next year, obviously seems like that's never going to happen. So we can kick 2021 out. It could. Is that next year's 2021. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like it could. <laughs> um, but maybe there's also something about this year where it's just like everything needs to reset so I can give you that extra bit of time just because. Um, but yeah, two years to me. It seems generous enough. Um, I would be like, if they push it back any further than that, to me, that would be kind of sad. But I feel okay with 2022. It's just a it's a little extra weight. I agree with you. Um, I think it sounds just about right. I mean, I've had folks saying like, oh, they're going so slow on this. But I don't know, man. I mean, 2022 <laughs> to make a whole new series that will have yeah. giant ass dragons the size of the ones we had in Game of Thrones from the jump. I mean, that just doesn't happen overnight. Yeah. And, you know, it's you need to build a new series. You got to get the casting right. You got to, um, you know, build the sets, make the costumes, hire all the production crew, get like a whole new train of command going, get everyone comfortable in the, the restroom. And of course, the special effects will be bigger on this show than on, say, I don't know, the Mindy Project uh, <laughs> will definitely take some more doing. Yeah. Um, that, that sounds about right to me. Like a whole year. I'm sure they could get out in 2021 if they really, really want to. If they wanted to rush it through, mm-hmm. they you could do 2021. 
but I, I don't think they should. Yeah, it doesn't sound smart. It's something, like you said, yeah, it shouldn't be rushed. There's lots of effects that go into it. Um, and even, like, just thinking about, you know, these other, like, some of the HBO shows where they just happen to have, you know, a, a small little gap in between those seasons, too. It's like, you know, it takes a little bit of a wait for something good to happen. And, you know, of course, reserving your judgments on the final season, it still takes a lot of time to do all that stuff, the graphics and location scouting and the filming and and the set. So, of course, I'm not there on the day-to-day, so I don't know exactly what happens, <laughs> no, but I do we assume... We will be. It, We're going to get in this time. Yeah, one day. Yeah, Ground floor. On set tours. We're going to get in. Uh, but yeah, it's different than going on the Warner Brothers lot and filming, you know, something like you said, Mindy Project, and it's in this one little studio, and, you know, you're done and done in a couple hours. <laughs> and remember, House of the Dragon is HBO's big quality play. It's not mm-hmm. like... Their AMC and just like throwing as many zombie shows at the walls they possibly can. Hope it's up in six. <laughs> it's a little bit of shade to AMC, but it is what they're doing. Like Star Trek's doing that. CBS is like yeah. making 18 Star Trek shows. I mean, I think they make too many Star Wars shows, et cetera, and so forth. But I like the fact that we're ha- that all those kind of studios are making these giant networks of shows. And HBO is going like, no, we're doing one. Yeah. And so th- there's a lot. The, the stakes are higher, so they have to get this one right. Like, if this right. one fails, they won't have Game of Thrones, Hot Pies, Adventures, and Busboying to, like, fall back on. Like, <laughs> if one of the it. Walking Dead How's shows it? doesn't go through, it'd be like, well, we always have the Carol and Dale show coming around the corner. Who cares? Exactly. But this one, they have to do well, so I'm perfectly fine. I think 2022 sounds just about right for this level of um, series. Yeah, yeah. I think it's fair. It's fair. Don't tell... Our undead walking friends over on their podcast that you badmouth their show. <laughs> no, do. Let's have a rivalry. Oh, no. <laughs> it's going to be us Let's versus me and Lovecraft game, versus, yeah, yeah. versus undead walking. <laughs> Let's get this. Let's make it happen. Let's get into a Twitter war. Let's uh, stir up some stuff. I think it'd be a lot of fun. Ooh, ooh. Um, so, yeah, I'm cool with that. How about you, gentle listeners? You're being a little quiet out there. Does 2022 sound about right for you for House of the Dragon? Too late, too early? Oh, here we go. Zach Blaze has talked about, oh, we're just going to do that. Zach asked, we <laughs> talked about the revelation of why someone watching the show. Perfect time as our next topic. All right. So, um, Entertainment Weekly journalist and Westeros correspondent James Hibbert <laughs> has been publishing excerpts from his oral history of Game of Thrones. The title is like, Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon, the complete, like, it's a really long title. It's yeah, like 80,000 yeah. words. But Fire Cannot Kill a Dragon. And he's posted some cool stuff. Like, he had a big expose on the original unaired pilot he put up. Um, He posted a thing about Diana Rigg after she passed and, like, some fun stories about her from behind the scenes from the book. And today, he just posted an excerpt with an interview with Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and Dan Weiss talking about why they decided to cut the character of Lady Stoneheart from the books. Now, Mia, you are... You've watched the show, but you're not, like, deep, deep in the lore. What does that name mean to you when I say it? Um, As of a couple hours ago, it didn't mean anything to me. I knew <laughs> so absolutely were, nothing, nothing about it. Okay. No. All right, then I'll just go with the port. Okay, oh, basically. Yeah, yeah. Silence is my way of saying go on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in the show, we got Catelyn Stark, the Stark matriarch mother. And she is, um, you know, she has her three seasons. She's played by Michelle Fairley. 
strong character. I always loved her when she was in the show. She is infamously brutally murdered at the Red Wedding along with her son, Rob, her daughter-in-law, Talisa, her unborn grandchild, most of the Stark men in probably, I'm going to go ahead and say the most iconic scene of the past 10 years. Oh, yes. Fight me. Oh, I'm yeah, sure there are, yeah. there are other contenders. That's That's got to be up there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, now, in the books, that happens the same way. Some changes, but basically the same. But the difference is afterwards, Catelyn Stark, they dump her body in a river. And then she her body is dragged out of the river by Arya's wolf, Nymeria, found by the Brotherhood Without Banners, which is that eyepatch so- fire sword guy, Beric Dondarrion. <laughs> And his resurrecting priest, Thoros of Mir. Thoros of Mir gives her the kiss of life, dies himself, and she arises as Lady Stoneheart, a zombified version of Catelyn Stark, who now has to, like, like the, the wounds are still there. Her throat's still cut. She has to, like, press her skin together to, like, say one rattling thing. Her flesh is all peeling off. She was no, in the thanks. river for a few days. She's all, like, milky curdled. She's like a gross zombie version of Catelyn Stark. And she goes around hanging members of the Frey family for doing this to her and her son. Ooh. And becomes the new... She basically becomes, like, a new, like, dark Avenger type. Yeah. Um, just going around killing people willy-nilly. She's much colder. <laughs> she, like, loses all of her sort of uh, warmth she had. And uh, that's what happens to Catelyn Stark in the books. And that story is still ongoing. Like, you know, the books are not done, famously yeah. not done. And um, we don't know where that plot's going, but it was cut from the show and how. And Because obviously none of that happened on the show. Like, clearly. <laughs> no, absolutely you, not, yeah. you would have remembered. <laughs> um, and for a long time, uh, people have been wondering, why was this cut? Like, why was it cut? And Benny Austin Weiss in this book finally gave some answers. And they basically gave three. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them to you and to you, gentle viewers. And you're going to tell me if you think they're justified or if you would have liked to see zombie fleshless Catelyn Stark going around murdering folks. Okay. The first reason they gave was because George R. R. Martin told them where she was going and they can't reveal what that's about. Basically, we didn't do it because we heard what she was going to do. Like, that doesn't work for us, so it cut. And we're not going to spoil it. So we can do nothing with that reason. Second reason was they didn't want to kind of... They knew they were going to bring Jon Snow back from the dead in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. And they were like, look, we can't have like three, four resurrections on this show. It, it's going <laughs> to start to like bring the value of it down a bit. So that was one reason. And the other reason they... Let me just read what they said, because this one was, like, the, the loosest. Was basically... They they thought that bringing her back would kind of blunt the power of the Red Wedding scene. Which, again, very iconic scene. Saying, mm-hmm. Catelyn's last moment was so fantastic. That scream. I love that scream. And Michelle is such a great actress. To bring her back as a zombie who doesn't speak felt like diminishing returns, said Benioff. Now, okay, just just as a viewer, someone who hasn't read yeah. the books, because I have my own opinions on this, mm-hmm. as someone who has read the books. But what do you, what do you think of that, Mia? Oh man, I you know I totally get where they're coming from. Uh, and as I look at the list, obviously number one, George R. R. Martin says, "You you know we I don't want to reveal what, everything that she's doing." I get that. So okay, oh, no, down no, no, to no, number no. two, like or, like he told them what she was uh-huh. going to do, right? And then they were like, "Okay, I mean." They, oh, and they, they, ex- they, they didn't reveal why they weren't into it. 
But they basically okay. said one of the reasons we can't tell you because it would spoil stuff that's coming. Okay. I again like I get it. It's it's really one of those things where it's like, does the omission add to the narrative? It does in a way, okay, that we know she got revenge on the phrase. Um but also I don't know, it's like one thing where it's really cool. And it's like, yeah, why would we want to see that? And then it's also kind of like at the same time, you know, again, it, it. I don't know how much more it would add to the story other than it just being really cool plot wise. I don't know if that <laughs> makes sense. And gross. Don't forget gross. <laughs> yeah. As um, Zach says, plus the scars in her face and scratching her skin off. Oh, there's a description in the book where she's Ooh. like clawing her own flesh off as she watches the Red Wedding happen. It's, it's pretty brutal stuff. Like you as someone who is squeamish a little yeah. bit, I, I'm not sure you would like it. No. Um, I don't I know if I would like, like it. This. And I'd love to hear from you guys, too. What do you think? Should she have been yeah. included, or do you buy their um, excuses? As Zach says, it's like them spoiling Bran being king. So I bought their excuse. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say something controversial yet brave. Um, go, go. I and I, I realize that some fans love Lady Stoneheart, but th- this has always been my opinion. Since literally the first minute I read about Lady Stoneheart in A Storm of Swords, before they got to this point in the show... That they've done like two seasons. They haven't got to this mm-hmm. point yet. I read the book and I was like, that's dumb. I do not like that idea. I think that's stupid. Like for some of the reasons they gave. Mm-hmm. Like, I And I didn't know about Johnson's resurrection back then. I did think it sort of cheapened the whole magic resurrection angle. Like... You just can't go around. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't go around making like Marvel comics and just bringing back everybody. At some point, death has no meaning. And Mm -hmm. that scene is so powerful and iconic. Like, I I love the fact that in Game of Thrones, Song of Ice and Fire, when someone dies, they're dead. Like, when Ned Stark dies, he's dead. Rob Stark's dead. Oberyn's dead. Marjorie's dead. Elena's dead. Like, I think think that, that is a strength of the show and the story. That a lot of times, especially in a fantasy story, people don't really stay committed to in comics especially are famous mm-hmm. for like no one ever really dies like you yeah. can all someone always brings back <laughs> and i really love that game of thrones didn't do that that like when you yeah. when you die you're dead like and that is it and i i didn't like that they brought catelyn stark back like that and i can also say as someone who's read the books the next two books a feast for crows dance with dragons i'm gonna spoil a little bit here if anybody is listening look she 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 does pretty much nothing. Like, it, it'd be one thing if her character came back and became, like, a really huge part of the story. Uh-huh. And there are more books to go, obviously. Yeah, I could yeah. be proven wrong. But, like, right now, there are two thick-ass books that have been put out. And she, she just doesn't do much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just that- don't see... Like, I, I feel like what you would give up by bringing her back. Like, you would give up some of that power of the red wedding mm-hmm. and you would, you know, do a little Marvel comics. I know I'm shitty Marvel comics, Marvel comics kind of resurrection is everywhere. Death doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You, you, you would give that up to get kind of so little like exactly. Yeah. To, I feel to, to, you. Yeah. to get a story that doesn't really go anywhere, at least not yeah. yet. I liked the fact that they cut her. I never liked the idea and I am behind their reasoning. <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, I forgot. Well, I was reading your um, the article you had sent me that you all wrote about it. I was like, yeah, to me, 
And with their opinion of saying, you know, we don't want to diminish the power of the scene. I told you before, like, I, the reason I stopped watching Game of Thrones was because of Red Wedding. And I was like, so hurt that they killed everyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, that's, it's not to say I didn't appreciate that scene or didn't like it. It was more so I was like, wow, they are not. (laughs) Right. I was like, they are not playing around. They will kill your favorite character. And and that's rare. Yeah. Yeah, Star Wars, Marvel, you know, the the two other big fandoms that I've been closely watching. Obviously, they have no, which like we'll talk about WandaVision in a second, right? Like Uh Vision died, but they're like, we're still going to bring him back, (laughs) right? I mean, look, Jedi's died. You can bring him back as a ghost or something. They can still talk to (laughs) you. Like, they're not exactly dead. Yeah, so... I also feel that if they were to bring her back, it would be like, okay, now they're kind of playing softball with the idea of who gets to die and how meaningful it is when they die. Um, And again, like I said, I'm glad you also kind of confirmed that. I was like, I don't know what her storyline of that revenge arc would have done um, in the series. I'm glad to hear from you that it it wasn't, you know, it was kind of flat. I I mean, like like stuff happens, but just to me... Not enough to justify what you give up by bringing her back yet. I don't know. Maybe she'll be the hinge on which the rest of the story turns. I doubt (laughs) it. But maybe. We'll see. Um, Anyone else have any comments on that? Okay. Uh, Christian agrees. Good. Good, Christian. You and me are on the same page. Um, And Zach says she's just in the background in the shadow. I feel like in the next Brienne chapter, she might be more prevalent, especially the book Cliffhanger. That is true. At the end of A Feast for Crows, there's a cliffhanger involving Lady Stoneheart, Brienne, Pod, which, again, could go somewhere. At this point, we just don't really know. I mean, Mm. it might go nowhere. (laughs) So perhaps I'll change my tune when The Winds of Winter comes out. But until then, I'll say it one more time. I didn't like it when I read it the first time. Mm-hmm. I was happy when they didn't include her. And looking back on it, I'm still pretty happy about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there we go. That's my opinion. If you want, and I know there were some Game of Thrones fans like on Twitter who were like, how dare they not include her? And um, if any of you are watching, come at me <laughs> and we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, anyway, before we go to the next topic, if you're interested in these rants, these and more, we are available on iTunes, Google Play, where for podcasts are available. We got a YouTube channel. If you're watching that there now, YouTube Live, you can subscribe to that with all of our scintillating interviews and uh, discussions. And now, Mia, I feel like we should hit briefly before as we move out of Game of Thrones, as we move out of Westeros. Um, the Emmys happened this weekend, this past Sunday. Did you watch? Uh, yeah, I had it on the back. I was watching really only for the Mandalorian now that I have like very specific duties. <laughs> so sure, I was like, if yes. I can skip watching an award show at all costs possible, I will. But I still happen to have it on in the background. So <laughs> I did I mean, watch. Yeah, I, I, I watched too and did my laundry during it. I mean, God, those things, it's so long. I mean, you, you, yes. you, you'd figure if they were doing it all digital and they weren't even there couldn't you at least like shave 45 minutes off it? Yeah. yeah. But whatever. The viewership is steadily declining. This year it took a 12% decline. Last year was 33% decline. Um, oh, shocker. Because pe- yeah. even quarantine, we don't want to see it. I mean, who yeah. wants to watch a bunch of millionaires pat each other on the back and do little golden statues for a job well done? Come on. Yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. I, I am not a giant fan of award shows, although I am a little invested in like who wins. But at the end of the day, I think right. award shows are. I'm invested ridiculous. in who wins. I love actually seeing you know the role of tweets saying okay, such and such ones and Dale won. Sure. Um, her moment was really precious. That but was nice. That, yeah. I'm like always so over them. Yeah, they got just okay. If I were in charge of the Emmys, I'd say our tops. That's it. And yeah. that might be pushing it. Like, we, we just, it's just, there's just this, the jokes are never funny. Gosh. And yeah. the show's just not fun. Okay, that's mine. Yeah, okay. Um, w- were you okay with uh, the winner of Best Drama, Secession, on HBO? Yeah, I really, I was like, it would really have to take a miracle for um, The Mandalorian, Mandalorian to beat out, you know, Better Call Saul or Succession. That, that's what I was like, okay, between those two. Those was three also- were my picks. I was like, if really? any of those three win, I'll be uh-huh. a, I'll, I, yeah. I will agree. Better Call Saul, Mandalorian, or Secession. Yeah, yeah. I think it was also what Stranger Things and Ozark. I was like, I feel like Stranger Things, as you know, as fun uh, as it is, is not really up to the caliber of those other three. I agree. Um, so yeah, I think Succession was fair. I still, I have not finished Succession. I talked about this um, in a meeting today. I was like, there's something off about it to me where I don't like the humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned the, that. The tone of it. But I mean, I get that. Every, I get why people like it. So I think it's well worth that, uh, the win. Yeah. I clicked with that show. Like I watched the first season. I enjoyed it. The second season, something just clicked. And I've really mm-hmm. been a big fan of it since. Well, I was fine with that. Better Call Saul is amazing. The Mandalorian has like a direct line to my imagination with all of its kind of wonderful sights and inventiveness. Yeah. I would have been cool with that. But I think Session is a worthy winner. HBO did great. That's great. I think yeah. it was the most wins, like 30, I want to say. Netflix got 21. So, like, yeah, g- good shows won. Washburn won best um, limited series. Good for it. Zondaya mm-hmm. won best dramatic actress. Uh, Shit's yeah. Creek won absolutely everything Gosh, yeah. in the comedy <laughs> awards. Good shows. Just, God, I, I borderline hate award shows. I really wish they would find a way to either make them entertaining Cut out all the jokes, maybe, because none of them mm-hmm. work. Or just get rid of them. Who needs yeah. them? Yeah. And there was a lot of, like, Laverne Cox threw some shade, but it was, like, some, like, real, like, T-shirt. Did you, like, so when she was giving her presentation, and I think she went off script, and that's when they, like, really? censored her. Yeah, they, they cut they? her mic or they cut her feed. And according to TMZ, the most reputable, Ooh. you know, <laughs> they said she was she was saying something about, you know, I, I never won in this category. And I now you've got me presenting in this category. That's um, funny. For, I think she said like effing. She didn't say the F word, but whatever she said, she said effing, but they decided to cut it anyway. And I was like, hmm, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there was some shade. Anthony Anderson. I couldn't tell if you saw that bit with him and Jimmy Kimmel. Um, they were like chanting Black Lives Matter. And I, I like, could not for the life of me tell if he was actually going off script or not. It was awkward. And I get what Anthony Anderson was saying, but it was also just <laughs> really awkward in that moment for Jimmy Kimmel. So. How could you go off script when you're like doing it all pre-recorded and it's not even like not even on stage? I did like when <laughs> Secession won the best drama and the guy's phone went off during the uh, yeah. acceptance. That was cute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just, and, yeah, uh, something's yeah. got to change. Yeah, that was definitely a doozy. Um, Any more thoughts on the Emmys? No, I'm glad it's over. (laughs) You know, what did happen during it (laughs) was Disney Plus made a trailer for WandaVision, the first, well, now it's the first, 
um, Marvel TV show to debut on Disney Plus. Why don't we watch the trailer, Mia? Ooh, Maybe talk about it, it for a minute. Okay, roll it. Heavenly shades of night are falling. It's twilight time. Wonder and vision. Aren't we a five pair? This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is gonna be a gas. Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Why would you think that? Because you are. We are an unusual couple, you know. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. All right, and that was the trailer for WandaVision. Okay, first question everybody's mind. I'm sorry, Mia. Who is that woman I thought was on a gas tire? <laughs> That's uh, Catherine Hahn. She hasn't oh, been. Oh, she's from Parks and Recreation. Oh, she's good. Okay. Is she? Was she in Parks? Yeah, I believe she was the political consultant. I have to look her up now. I did. I entered, which is funny because when she was on, um, she's in Central Park. Oh, yeah, that show. This is her. Yeah, she's in Central Park, um, that Apple TV, what do you call it? I'm just, like trying to pull Television up her IMDb right now. And I'm just trying to make sure that I was like, did I actually? Okay, it was her. <laughs> From like having Good. a public freak out, like, did I talk to who I think I talked to? I ta- I asked her a question um, during the Central Park roundtable. So that makes it like one of my second Marvel adjacent people I got to interview. But that's who it is. Um cool. And yeah, it was a really exciting trailer. I was not expecting it. So when I saw it pop up yeah, on my either. Twitter feed, because I didn't, I didn't see, I might've had like 90 day fiance on in that moment yeah, <laughs> on the do. TV. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so then I saw the trailer pop up on my feed and I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's actually happening. We actually have something solid coming, you know, from Marvel on Disney plus finally. <laughs> During the Emmys, which everyone watches, um, as Lori <laughs> asks, uh, well, hell, how is vision in this? Great question, Lori. Mia, you're a Marvel expert. How was Vision in this? Didn't he die yeah. in Avengers Infinity War? And like he not sure, snap dead, yeah. like real dead. Yeah, which is that's what she says when she's in her like little witch hat. She's like, you you know, you died or whatever. Um, I don't know, because I don't know if this is too spoilery, if this is going to happen, or it's if just it's fun to do speculation at this point. That's cool, we can do that. Um, but a lot of people are thinking that this is kind of all in the Scarlet Witch and Wanda's head, where really? she's like having some real mental trauma going on because Vision died and literally every other thing that happened. Um, so she might be creating this world in her mind where, you know, she, we saw her, like she was snapping on the couch and yeah, like, making the stuff whole, happen. all, everything was changing. So I'm like, I think there's some validity to that theory that something going, something is going on in her mind. And this is her way of like processing it. Just wishing she had this perfect TV life with vision. 
I disagree. And by the way, um, Zach agrees with me. Yeah, she was the campaign manager for Paul Rudd. She wasn't Parks Recreation. She was great. She was so funny. Ah. <laughs> um, okay, so what I've read Formance is that Bond. <laughs> we got Informant's yeah. Bond. Yes, definitely. I don't know her name. This- what I've read is that okay, so I'm not a giant comics person, but I know mm-hmm. the X Men okay, and Wanda is an X Men character called the Scarlet Witch. Which is weird because they like haven't acknowledged that part of it because it's the whole rights thing where like you can't say X Men right, yeah. and Marvel. She and but her brother were supposed to be mutants, but they're like they're like can't Magneto's say that. kids, <laughs> right? And yeah. Her power, her powers are so weird because in the comics she can like change reality, but mm-hmm. in the movies, like all it just kind of breaks down to I aim my hands and red stuff comes yeah, out. And yeah, yeah, really happens. waste of waste of power. <laughs> it's, it's it's very vague and very kind of <laughs> swooshy on on the screen. But there's a huge storyline of the X Men comics where she it, it, it's like not in her head. She literally changes reality with her powers. Like Ooh. after I think her kids are taken away or something, which I haven't gotten to yet. And um, she like changes everything. She like makes a whole other life. It's kind of like a Twilight Zoney. Like, um, the kids in charge of the whole town sort of thing. So I think it's more that, that they're going to, that they're going to say, no, her powers aren't just red crap shoots out of her hands. It's her powers <laughs> are more reality altering, chance altering. I think she's making this reality. I, I, I think it's more than her head. I'm guessing that's it. Cause that's so, cause Marvel's done a great job of like taking certain things from the comics and just mm-hmm. taking what it needs and like combining with other stuff and bringing in original stuff when the comics are too stupid. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and making a new thing. This seems perfect for that. Like take the cool bits of House of M where Wanda changes reality. Like make it work in the MCU timeline mm-hmm. where instead of losing her kid, she's lost vision. And she decides to like have a little mental breakdown and change reality this way. And do that. So that is my guess. That would be interesting. Because then they, they have these, you know, they call in, I think that's S.W.O.R.D. now, which is that secret division of people who are in the jackets at the end. Um, oh, there's another thing. And I'm not, again, because I'm not like I mean, super look, deep into the comic book deep, lore. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't really know. down. Yeah, I don't know the whole of it, but I do know it or have heard it's like, okay, they're trying to maybe stop her somehow. Reality She's somehow she is somehow affecting this world. Sure, that's what it looks um, like. And then some people were even like it ties into Doctor Strange because he's got this multiverse of madness going on. So maybe she's like creating multiverses and he has to put a stop to her. I don't know how true that's all going to be, um, but yeah, I, I like that. And it's like because these last couple of weeks I've been so invested in Star Wars, I haven't had the proper <laughs> sure, time to like investigate <laughs> literally every other thing going on. So I like to. I like hearing that theory because, um, yeah, it gets my mind turning. Yeah, man, uh, Christian thinks I've hit it on the head. Thank you, Christian. Yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> um, I like how weird they're willing to get, right? Like, as the Marvel shows, as the Marvel Universe gets yeah. older, they're doing more experimentation, which I think is great. I mean, like, because, you know, how many um, fight Thanos, the ultimate bad guy stories can you have? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, sure, let's do a weird little sideshow where we get trapped in an alternate reality of one of our characters on make it. And like, and like, she becomes like a children of the corn type where she's like, <laughs> she's like controlling everything and like, will Vision even want to be there? Can he even be there? 
are the other characters like in Thrall? There's some Twilight episode that did this, and I can't remember what it was, but whatever. I'll just I'll, I'll do with it. I think it looks good. It's coming. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah. No release date. It's saying like coming yeah, soon. Still, yeah. Well, we've got what four ish more months: September, October, November, December. Three more months left in the year. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. And it, originally we were going to get Falcon and the Winter Soldier first, but then yeah. COVID happened, and uh, it, it's yeah, it's happening this they way. They shuffled all the dates today as well they did in other marvel news black widow is officially delayed into next year into may it was going to go up in november i think now it's now it's may which means this will be the first year since 20 uh not 2009 that will it's a year that will not have a new marvel movie out in theaters thank you very much coronavirus it's a detox for me. I was like, oh God, you what are we going to do? Maybe it is nice. <laughs> but but um, someone did mention, of course, with WandaVision coming out this year, it'll be a nice mm-hmm. little, you know, I'll hold you over. Bridge. And it's longer than, a, it. yeah, it'll be longer than a typical 90 minute, two hour movie. So huh, you get a little bonus content, I'd say. We were so close to no Marvel content at all. Oh, we just avoided it. Hey, shh, don't say it. Don't say that. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I, I like it, but... I, I believe in taking breaks. But <laughs> um, I'm looking forward to it. I, th- I think it looks cool. All right, Mia, um, moving on. In other news, I believe that you watched the Netflix Sherlock Holmes prequel, sequel, <laughs> Baba, Baba, Baba Fuequel. Oh, not even close. It's Okay. What is a Nola Holmes? Off. I think spinoff would be a nice... Way to put it. Um, Enola Holmes is basically what if Sherlock Holmes had a little sister and she was just as good as him at solving mysteries. So, um, yeah, I was really charmed by this movie. This it, Netflix movie currently available. Yeah, on it comes on Netflix. There's been so many emergencies today. I don't know. Uh oh. <laughs> um, right. So. Enola Holmes is is I was really I was really really charmed by it. So Millie Bobby Cute. Brown plays Enola Holmes, and yeah, she oh my gosh, it was so charming. It takes place in the Victorian era, and Helena Bonham Carter plays their mother. Of course she does. She was really close to her mother. She goes missing, and she's like, I have to go find my mother. I need to go, you know, <laughs> on the search that's for good. her. <laughs> and uh, so that's what she does. She puts the pieces together. She meets this other kid who. That's where her real mystery comes in. He's like a some sort of lord, and he is running away. And there's an assassin who is coming after the, the kid no, for some old, some reason. You'll find out when you watch the movie. Um, so yeah, she gave a really great performance. Henry Cavill was really awesome as well as Sherlock Holmes. Sam Claflin, who plays Claflin. Mycroft Holmes, their brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh my gosh, he's despicable in this movie, but he is so good. And I hate his character, but he's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was so good that I actually bought the first two books. It's supposed to be for like oh, kids, fun. but I was like, eh, who needs kids? <laughs> they yeah. don't read anyway nowadays. I can be a kid. Your inner child will really enjoy these books. Okay, exactly. cool. I'm glad you enjoyed this. This is a this is a this is a Mia recommendation. Enola yeah, Holmes. Finally, a thumbs up. Finally, <laughs> we can't say that. That's copywritten. We can say, um, you know. Hey. We'll take a second. A phalange in the air. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> and um, this is the what are we watching? And if anybody out there, what are you watching? Be curious to hear. So you watch Nola Holmes. Mia, we're also watching Lovecraft Country mm-hmm. over on HBO. They had the new episode, Meet Me in Dayagu. I don't know if I said that right. 
um, which was a very trippy descent into Tick's past in the Korean Mm -hmm. War, where he hooked up with a nine-tailed fox demon who murders people during sex, living in the body of um, a Korean woman, uh, Ji-A, who was also a nurse during the Korean War. I loved it a lot. Uh I was really entertained. I was really taken in. I think it's the best episode I've watched so far. Like, the spell was unbroken. There was nothing I... There was almost nothing that made me go like, what? Or, <laughs> like, that's not the way you should have done yeah. that. Like, I liked this all the way through. And, God, they keep layering on the cool special effects. Like, every episode has something neat. Like, they never skimp. There's, oh, yeah. like, you know, the giant monsters in the first one, and the house of Usher falling down in the second one, and the ghosts in the third one, the Indiana Jones in the fourth one, the grotesque body horror in the fifth one. And now in this one, they had the Kumiho, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. The nine-tailed fox sex demon doing some crazy <laughs> stuff with tails. Um, just, they keep bringing the very creative horror imagery. Yeah. And it keeps me on my toes. I never know what to expect oh, yeah. out of this show. And, like, what I'm going to be looking at next. I, I, I like it a lot. I know. Yeah, I think this one went straight to the top of my list. And it really felt like its own self-contained movie. Like, you could literally just watch this and, like, you you don't have to watch anything else in Lovecraft Country. Now, you wouldn't obviously get the whole scope, you know, of the series. But creatively, oh, my gosh, I was really in love with it. Yes. Um, And on on our podcast, Lovecraft Country Chronicles, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, I compared this to when season two of Westworld went to Shogunland. Very much. Um, which it was like similar, funny enough, because they both went to Asian countries or, you know, what is supposed to be an Asian country in Westworld. But I like the idea of going to these secondary characters and putting the whole focus on them for just one show. Like, for, yeah, to me, I that really, cool. it, it captivates me and it's kind of like a nice little breather before you get back into the action um, because they really threw a lot on us those last couple episodes. <laughs> yeah, like this show is not having any filler. It's like really, yeah. <laughs> um, re- like every episode is very robust. Yeah. I almost prepared to like that, that episode of Westworld season two when they have the Native American host they follow for like the entire yeah. time. Yeah. Like that's what it kind of reminded me of. That one too. Yeah. I, f- I totally forgot about that. Maybe I have, I like little side character adventures. <laughs> like I really loved it. And um, I already liked the show and it, it keeps getting better. So yeah, I think that's a solid thing. And Christian, I'm sorry if that's spoiled or anything. I hope you turn the, I hope you turn the sound down in time, but we are now done. I think with pretty much everything. Me, do you have anything else oh, you want yeah. to talk about? Anything else you're watching, reading, have any um, sinful opinions on? Yeah, I'm continuing to watch The Boys. It's really, really God, great. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah. I hate to put something else on your list, but it's oh, no, my I recommendation. Watch the boys. <laughs> yeah, I'm still watching Last Kingdom. Finally getting into it, like deep into it now. I, I definitely like it. And um, that boring cult documentary on HBO, The Vow. Oh, it's good, through. but it's just like... You can skip some of this. It's it, 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 it's yeah. one of those. Maybe this <laughs> didn't need to be like 10 episodes. huh? Maybe five would have done. It, yeah. it's one I'm of not a fan of docu-series. I like just one straight documentary um, and then just have that be one and done. I can't I mean, take like, the long drawn out suspense. Like 
I'm sure there are times when it works, but I don't know. That feels like it's kind of straying us along a bit with this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, some good stuff to watch and great stuff. One of the Emmys. I mean, a lot of shows honored. Um, so before it is a great time to be into TV. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks for talking to me, Mia. Thanks everyone out there for watching. Take the black live with Dan Sokin, Mia Johnson. We're here every Wednesday, 4 o'clock Central Standard Time here on the Winterspring Facebook page. And if that's not enough, we are also on the Winter's Coming YouTube channel. You can subscribe to get more delightful treats. We are also in podcast form wherever they're available, Google Play, iTunes, etc., and so forth. Um, thanks for watching again. We'll see you next week and have a fantastic rest of your week and the weekend. Goodbye. Bye.